You're about to experience the cultural phenomena that's sweeping the nation. Oh yeah, it's happening. Sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! IT9, yeah? It's your show. <laughs> He's going to slip up now and he go, hello, this is episode 99. I just might not even bother saying the fucking episode numbers from now yeah, on. It's, it's the Stinky Paws podcast. Yeah. Stinky Paws podcast with Scott, Charlie, Lee and Paul. Hello. 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 Howdy. How's everybody? Fantastic. Good. Sensational. Yeah. Superb. You all sound like really geared up for doing this podcast. This yes. Is great. Yes. Paul's choice today. Paul, what are we watching tonight? Good morning, <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> now, is this the first time you've chose a film since the Notorious Darkness Falls episode? <laughs> we don't mention that. We do. <laughs> the film that no one shall mention that watch. Yes. That was forced upon me because my first choice was taken. Okay, okay. I no, shall we, stand by that. We will let you off. It's not a problem, mate. So, I'm sure it's my fault. Yes. <laughs> always your fault, Charlie. Okay. Good morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams, classic. Mm-hmm. Foreplay topic for this evening. How are we sort of describing this? We, we went through the Oscars year by year. And everybody's selected a year. Yep. And we're sort of saying Oscar injustices. Yeah, we was we was robbed. (laughs) (laughs) We we was robbed. We called it. Let's play the jingle. We'll be back with a bit of floor play. Well, had I done four play? Okay, foreplay topic tonight: Oscars injustices. Um, who wants to go first? Charlie, Lee, go on then. Charlie. Go on then. Right. Okay. I shall read the nominees for best picture. <laughs> Do you want an envelope? Yeah, yeah. Very sort of Warren Beatty. Okay. Right, 1980, the yep. nominees for Best Picture. There's some, some cracking films here. Mm-hmm. The Elephant Man. Marvellous. Tess, which I'm not aware of. Roman Polanski movie with... Oh, for f- oh dear. Yeah, Natasha Kinski. Raging Bull. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Coal Miner's Daughter. Yep. And Ordinary People. Yeah. Now, the award, presented by Lillian Gish. Who, who was still alive at this time. That yeah. is insane. Yeah. Uh, the award went to Ordinary People, which I believe was directed by Robert Redford. It was indeed. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen Ordinary People. But it's alright, it's okay. Mm. 
But if that is a better film than even The Elephant Man, let alone Rage and Bull, <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. sell my left bollock. And I'm actually going to watch Ordinary People in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, I'll be amazed if I feel any differently about it. Yeah. Well, this is the whole point of the conversation, isn't it? Because we were talking Oscars a few episodes back and we were saying that there is no rhyme or reason <clears throat> to what gets awarded no. well, look whatever. At this year. Oh, I'm in love with a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also gets me when a film wins best film and then doesn't win for best actor and yeah, best or anything film. else after that. And you're like, how's that work? Surely, yeah. if it's best film, it was the best performance by the supporting you actor. Would so that, yeah. well, having actor said that, though, I didn't really like Darkest Hour as a overall film yeah. like but a film. <laughs> no, no honestly I didn't really like it but I thought Gary Oldman was fucking excellent in it so mm. I can see why there is that like contradiction yeah. but yeah. I take what you're saying as well yeah, usually you would think that he was yeah, the best it, film because if it's, of, if it's good enough to win the best film then yeah. surely the actors in it not not necessarily all of them but one or two of their performances should be good enough to yeah, win yeah because otherwise the best picture should then just be if it looks good yeah that or was it's surely, but then that's the, cinematography, the writing, yeah. the screen, or it's telling yeah. a story that's relevant to the time, or yeah. to the people that pick it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is no rhyme or reason to these yeah. whole, the selection of them, the voting process, the the actual winners themselves. The whole it's just a spectacle, and it's a big pat on the back for Hollywood. Yeah, look how lovely we are. Look it how great a, we are. A money making. Um, Celebrities get their endorsements because they wear mm. fancy dresses. But fancy I, l- I love that side of things. I've, I've said this to Charlie. I don't hold any merit to any of these awards. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean Shape of Water was the better movie. I still no, think Free, no. Free Billboards was better. You know, we can say that every year. Looking down that list, this goes back to 1927, which I sent over to you guys. I yes, mean, you did. there are every single year, pretty much I could name a better film than one that won. Or a film yeah. that didn't even get included. Or even included. Look at uh, Ayatonia this year. Mm. That could feasibly have got a Best Picture nomination, yep. I think. Easily. So, there's, there's the whole purpose of this conversation, yeah. is, is is just to sort of highlight stuff like that. And, and 1980, as you say, Charlie, Elephant Man, Raging Bull, definitely. I, I rate Raging Bull as one of the oh, greatest yeah, films ever made. Oh, to be honest, I prefer Elephant Man. I, I think yeah. Elephant yeah. Man was such a superb film mm. um, and I again haven't seen Ordinary People I don't even have a clue what it's about it's but it got no idea it's a typical best picture Oscar winner is it yeah, like it's, and, yeah like, it's, it's, a, it's a family drama no. with a bit of tragedy and it's it's it's, it's, a, it's an extended soap opera episode basically again, this stems back to what I said I think in the last episode or a couple of episodes mm. ago about Oscar bait, yeah. It's and it's also about the fact that it's picked by this board of yeah, people. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. That yeah. It, going back as we're looking back, we're saying, "Oh, this film's better. This film's better." That's because we're the general public. Mm. Yeah. So if there was a vote on it but then, from the general yeah. public, then I think we'd get a more realistic winner. Then, but then it would be a fucking moronic film with. Suits. <laughs> yeah, look at IMDb top two fifty. There's some crap in that fucking top fifty at least. It, it, 
it would include something that was only released last week, wouldn't it? The idea that is the problem with yeah, because yeah, that, the way their voting system it's, it's works, the most prevalent in their minds. Yeah, um, I don't think there'd ever be any accurate way of. It is difficult to tell and go which film is. Just said we've sat here and all picked a film myself. It's personal so it's to anybody, like, anyway. I mean, yeah, like it's with a palm door as well. Well, that's even more poncy, isn't it? It's, it's very poncy because they they have the ability to nominate and uh, award films that aren't box office yeah. successes. Yeah. And believe it or not, Best Picture isn't actually about the best films that come out that year, even if critics agree with it, because you have to do a certain level of success at the box office to get into that. Yeah, if you if you're a box office flop, unless the film is considered to be a masterpiece, it's not getting nominated. So I think Blade Runner 2049 was outright dismissed as a mm. contender because it was such a glaring failure. See, I mean, I wasn't a great fan of 2049, but yeah. it should have been up there for cinematography. It, yeah, it won. Uh, I think it, it got did that and it oh, yeah. something yeah. else as well. Maybe. So. Especially there was visual, visual effects. Or, visual effects, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Over to you, Liam. Your choice of year for We Was Robbed at the Oscars. I went for 2014. Oh, um, the nominations were American Sniper, Boyhood, Birdman, uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything and Whiplash. Well, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it was presented by Sean Penn and the winner of it was Birdman. Yeah. Now, I have seen Birdman with Michael Keaton and, okay, it's... It's a film. Okay. <laughs> but... The theory of everything and Whiplash didn't either of them two. The Imitation Game was a good film, a better yeah, film yeah. than Birdman. Yeah, yeah. But the theory of everything about a fucking genius Stephen Hawking, Whiplash is a super. Considering, uh, I mean, as I've said before, I'm not a fan of the Oscars. Cause I often find it's supposed to be artsy fartsy shit, yeah. but Whiplash is that. Yeah, it is art to a T. It's it's music, superbly done film, but yet. I genuinely think 2014 was a stupid year. <laughs> See, I, I loved Birdman, but even I still wanted Whiplash to win it. Yeah, yeah. Grand Blue, the best hotel was fucking brilliant I'd as well. Theory of Everything, I yeah. thought was. American Sniper was a good film. I'd have gone Imitation then. Yeah. Just as a personal favourite, you know, because yeah. we've all got our own choices, yeah. that's the thing. But out of any of them films, I've not seen Selma. I did see. Selma's Grand great, actually. Selma's really good. It's possibly the only year where I've. I've Consciously made sure I saw every film before the ceremony. Yeah, and it was a good year in terms of the nominees. I love Birdman, but I know a lot of people didn't. But for me, Whiplash, that's a masterpiece. Yeah, mate. and that's the thing I looked at, and I think I watched Birdman not that long ago, and I, it was okay. It was a good film, but when I was comparing it to The Theory of Everything and Whiplash, it it didn't even touch, and both of them films. The theory of everything, obviously, is pretty much a biopic of Stephen Hawking, but yeah. it's you can't really get much more arty than that because the man's a genius, yeah. and you should learn it all by now, though. And he should be, he should have died, God knows how long ago, but he outlived everything, done what he needed to do, and the film's amazing. It's yeah. it's for the them two films both should be and could be Oscar winners. But even Boyhood for the actual technical achievement hell, of yeah, that. Yeah. You know, that guy with, was it 12 years in the making, yeah. Phil? Yeah. Richard Linklater. Yeah. yeah. 
genius concept execution of it wasn't quite as good as it could have been because right. it got it got genuinely boring at point. Oh, yeah. right. I haven't seen it. Still growing, like mm. him growing up as well, and it? it's mm. just going to be yeah. changing. But I mean, American Sniper was a good film. I mean, shit ending. Jingoistic. Obviously, well. where it was going. I didn't watch it. Didn't see it it's on Netflix. Have you seen American Sniper? Bradley Cooper. No. It's. I mean, I'm never a big fan of any film like that. Anyway, because. Yeah. If you can shoot someone from a mile and a half away with a gun, well done you. And it's trying to glorify Americans. Yeah, exactly. A bit I don't like. It's yeah. just typical Clint Eastwood fare, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it's not a bad film. As no, it's, it's a watchable film, but you can completely tell it's like, we love guns. We, shoot people. <laughs> we, we don't kill them closely, we shoot from a million miles away. Just to, yeah. But yeah, Whiplash, Theory of Everything, I'd 100% robbed. I'd watch both of them films every day, if by choice. I would not watch Birdman yeah. every yeah. week, every month. It's a good film, but I'm, I wouldn't care for it. I anymore. watched Birdman once, and I thought, well, this is great, because it, it, it was all done in one continuous take, or appeared to be in one continuous take, didn't it? Yeah. Again, so technically there's something different or something unusual about it. But I couldn't see why people were raving about it. I'm going to give it another go. It's been a yeah. couple of years since Michael I've Peter's seen it. performance is excellent. Exactly, I mean, I, mean, I can't Peter deny is, that. He's yeah. a good actor. Yeah, he's yeah, made definitely. some great films. I don't know if anyone's seen The Founder. Uh, about yeah. McDonald's. That's, That's a, a great, great film. film. Yeah. It really opens your eyes as well definitely. to uh, what a shit company yeah. <laughs> uh, a certain company is. And I think Michael <laughs> Keaton has done like well. I mean, he got put into the latest Spider-Man film as well yeah. and he was brilliant in that yeah. Michael Keaton I mean he's my favourite Batman he was playing a Batman mm. yeah ironically yeah. which is weird <laughs> so weird as soon as I saw it I was like he's the vulture he's also Batman and he was Batman superhero yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah everything he likes to do yeah. is have wings that was like <laughs> Mexican Mexican endorsed Red Bull yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say tell a lady it was but, like a, it was supposed to be like a a metaphor for his own career yeah. and it's like once you play a superhero it's very hard to shake that off yeah. and go into and that, that's why I think series. he won an Oscar is because when they said oh, it was blood, like his own career and you think just, you can't just say that and go oh yeah nice good idea yeah. it's good play because that's like if Stephen Hawkins actually cared enough to turn around and go well it's I'm not going to do the impression but <laughs> this is about my life yeah <laughs> but <clears throat> you just if he'd done that would they turn around and go oh this is the man that knows a lot and he's lived a lot well let's, let's give him an Oscar mm. then people go oh they've done that because he's disabled it's like how have they but, but Whiplash I don't fucking know this is bullshit I'm going to go back in time and rig it well because <laughs> it's wrong one thing I can say in the, in the decisions of that year that um, J.K. Simmons totally deserved best support in definitely yeah Totally deserved that award. That I was not that love was, and hate someone so much. That was signposted immediately. I yeah. saw that film that that man has won the best supporting actor yeah. award. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, Paul, what's what? What year are we going for with you, sir? We're going for nineteen ninety four. Ninety four. Um, the nominees were um, Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Forrest Gump. And the winner is? The winner was <laughs> Forrest Gump. Now, I do not have an issue with Forrest Gump actually winning it. Yep. No, it's just the other films. But <laughs> what a year. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when you look at, I mean, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, I'm sure, in this room is 
a favourite amongst yeah, most of us. <laughs> um, quiz show, I could say I've not seen. Good. It's done another Robert Redford film. Yeah. But also Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Brilliant. Which, yeah. Mm. Instant classic. <laughs> yeah. And but it wasn't though, was it? That's the thing. It no. was a slow yeah. burner, wasn't it? It, yeah. it got more on DVD than box office. Video. It was yeah. video. Yeah. Video. Yeah. yeah. People actually moaned as well about Morgan Freeman's character in that. Because he was Irish. Supposed, yeah, supposed to be a white Irish. Yeah, it was called Red. It's wasn't it? Red. Yeah. <laughs> I could have played that role. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was such a good year. Then, yeah, if you look at Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks for Best Actor. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But for best overall film, it ticked the boxes. It, Pulp though, Fiction, Shawshank. Yeah. I, I don't know how I could. Choose. I was going to say, let's go round. Could you choose between Pulp Fiction and Shawshank? I would probably choose Shawshank. Charlie, see, personally, Pulp Fiction, but yeah. I know it's not a best. It's not a best picture film as much as I love it. It's yeah. not. A, a, I loved Pulp Fiction. It's don't more of a Palm Door film than it is a Which best picture anyway. film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and you're saying Shawshank? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love Pulp Fiction, but same as I would say Shawshank. Shawshank's just. Yeah. Pulp Fiction's in my top five, though. So. Yeah, I, I would say both those films are in my top ten easily. Yeah. It's frightening how wrong some of these years are. Yeah. Mm. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going, to go, I'm going to go into mine, Paul, because this is staggeringly wrong. Okay. Glaringly wrong. It's Mildred Pierce. <laughs> yeah, 1945. It was Mildred Pierce. Because the Lost Weekend one in 45 up against Mildred Pierce. It's 1998. Oh, yeah. Nominees. Shakespeare in Love. Elizabeth. Life is Beautiful. The Thin Red Line. Saving Private Ryan. Shakespeare in Love won the what? Oscar. It's kind of insane to think that. How did Saving yeah. Private Ryan I'm not do that? <laughs> Is it because he won it three years previously for Schindler's List? It shouldn't matter though, should it? It's about merit, not about... It's not communism, is it? That's, yeah. Oh, sorry, five years previously for Schindler's List. But it's political. It's I don't know what... What was special about Shakespeare in Love that the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan should have won an Oscar, yeah. let alone yeah. the two hours? I, I have a feeling that um, the Oscars tend to quite... They quite like playing lip service to the Brits when they get the opportunity with yeah. the best picture of the Yeah, world. but then if you look down some of the list, the Full Monty the year before was up. Yeah. How how was that up for an Oscar? Yeah, but, but Titanic, which swept the ball. Shakespeare in Love, dog shit as well. That's yeah. the thing. Mm. It's it's a bizarre choice. But then, I mean, I sent this list over to you guys, and one marvelous thing that came from this is a is a, is a blinding year that I think you will be hard pushed to say, well, yeah, that's fine, that's okay, that that won it, but any one of these could have won it, and you'd have been happy. Oh, yeah, the decision. It's nineteen seventy-five. That's the one I am. Yeah, watching. yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's got Charlie's favourite film and possibly my first or second favourite film in it. Oh yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest won the best the uh, best Oscar. Okay. Also that year was Jaws. Okay. Yeah. Nashville. That's one of my favourites. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon, which we adored, and Barry Lyndon, which is top ten as well. I For, yeah. I mean, you guys probably aren't too Stan familiar with Dog Day Afternoon and Nashville and stuff like that, but Irish. If you look at that, you think you'd have been you'd have, you'd have been happy with any of them, absolutely any of them. 
Um, but pretty much ninety percent of those I looked through and thought I could I could pick a year there and say so, I'd uh, rather that had one yeah. or I thought the same ninety nine. Yeah. Mm. You could look through every year and pick out a popular one and then the one that actually won. Yeah. I was um, talking to Paul about because one that I was looking at was ninety nine because American Beauty won. Yep. And I think Green Mile should have. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that Green, uh, that American Beauty, very artsy film, or was Kevin Spacey fantasising about the high school girl <coughs> in his dreams he ends up having sex with. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, how times have played on. <laughs> it's important not to give it too much meaning, I think. Like, you can't on one hand complain about what wins and then on the other hand say, well, I don't give a fuck about the Oscars, really. Mm. I think you've got the right idea, Scott, in the fact that you love the Oscars, but you detach yourself from the significance yes. of what does actually I, I love the ceremony. I love the yeah. spectacle. Yeah, the Rasmus has. That's me. I'd yes. be more inclined to be excited about the Oscars if they went for the, the actual films that the public appreciate rather yeah. than the ones that the critics appreciate but then yeah. I've, I've always said that uh, critical acclaim award acclaim and box office success are all three different things yeah. Mm. Yeah. which is why I mean I keep bringing up the Blade Runner sequel critics fucking adored it it, it was getting fired four and a half star four star reviews across the board American public didn't seem to yeah, well, it, did they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? See, so, I, I just don't. I, I'm like the complete opposite of Scott. I don't care for the Oscars. Mm. I don't care if a film wins, and I don't like that film. It's it has no effect mm. on if I will watch a film or not. Right. Mm. I will if if the film that wins is something I've seen and have gone. I love that film. Mm. Fair play to it for winning. If it doesn't, you won't pay attention. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't turn around and go like I know we've done this now for this the, mm. for this podcast, but. I'm, I wouldn't actually turn around and say, "Oh, I don't agree." That like you get some people that it's, that is an event. That's a social event for their life. Some oh, yeah. people, it's yeah. like, "Oh, I can't believe that didn't happen." Yeah, it, I suppose for them people that love the films that much, it's no different than us watching a draw for the FA Cup and going, "Oh, we drew them." Ah, oh, that it's. I disagree with this year's decision. For example, Shape of was a blinding film, but I preferred Three Billboards. Mm. Doesn't mean to say that. I'm not going to stop loving Three Billboards no, any yeah. less or whatever. Mm. It's still, in my mind, that's a cracking film. Yeah. I loved it. I'm like The Shape of Water. You know, pretty much on an even keel, both of them. I think that's but, why sometimes I find, I've always found the Oscars kind of like a difficult thing because of that. Mm. It's that you could sit there as the director, you've made this film that won an Oscar, but yet 90% of people around you might turn around and go, that film that came second, I still love better than your film. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I haven't walked. Well, we're yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Do you want an award or public? Opinion? Yeah, and, and that's the yeah. thing, and it's always been that. Whether it's the Grammys or anything like that, it's yeah. The Grammys the, is not a collection of the best albums ever released. No, they, that they, and I think that's the thing. Is you can win an award, fair play. It can go down in history as something that has achieved. Yeah. But if it doesn't, if you're the director of a film and it breaks box office like records, and you become a multi-millionaire or billionaire, and people adore your film. Or you made a few million, which is still great. 
but you get an award. You're going to be like, well, do you know what? I, I think as well, if you invest picture at the Oscar financially, the film benefits massively. Oh, yeah, the sales afterwards. afterwards. How many people yeah. have watched The Shape of Water this week that might not have watched it? Yeah. They wouldn't, yeah. Point. It happens every year. It happens. Did anybody find a year where you look through the list and thought, well, none of them deserve to win that particular year? I found, more a, recent years, I found a lot of years where I hadn't watched a single one of them. Because they just didn't appeal yeah. to you or, yeah. It, it, it's a bizarre collection, isn't it? When you actually look at them in a list like that. I mean, 2008, I didn't... I, Slumdog Millionaire, Frost, Nixon, Milk, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and The Reader. I, that's, that's a strange that's, one. That's a bullshit year. I didn't yes. care for any of that. Um, I just spotted one somewhere as well. There are some years you look at and you think, oh, actually, do you know what? That works out very well. Actually, 2005... Um, Crash beat Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Yeah. Capote is the only one out of those that I've got any time for, and that's mainly because of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's Hoffman. performance. Yeah. yeah. Crash is garbage, I think. Yeah, it, it, it is the one that actually leads to a lot of dispute, actually, when people talk about We Was Robbed at the Oscars. His, his Crash is the one that's always brought up. Okay, we'll, we'll probably return to Oscars in a future foreplay thing because this could really generate some. You know, we'll do it with actors or actresses, mm, perhaps, yeah. you know, and have a little look at, uh, at those over the years. All right, guys, um, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in just a second with Good Morning Vietnam. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Good morning, Vietnam! Time to rocket from the Delta to the DMZ. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Leo. You know, this whole camouflage thing for me doesn't work very well. Why is that? Well, because you go in the jungle, I can't see you. If you're going to fight, clash. That is not what we program here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You are not funny. You're not going to last long here. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. Good morning, Vietnam. In 1965, Adrian Cronauer was sent to do the impossible. I was sent here on very strict orders from a colonel. What the hell's going on here? His mission? To build morale. Where are you from? Off of uh, Cleveland, man. Obviously, Vietnam's not that much of a change for you. His strategy? Keep them laughing. If someone is not telling the truth, you say that they are full of... His problem? Staying out of trouble. You want to stick to playing normal modes of music. Jim Neighbors, Matovani. Percy Faith. Percy Faith, good! Yeah! He did a very off-color parody of former VP Nixon. The thing is how the VP is such a VIP. Shouldn't we keep the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, you can end up an MIA and then we'd all be put on KP. <laughs> Sir, the man is a walking keg of dynamite. He's read unofficial news. Ethel Merman jams Russian radar. Hello, I've got a feeling. What's he going to be like in six months? Big dogs landing on my face. What's he going to be like when he's ten times as popular? <laughs> what's the weather like out there? It's hot, damn hot, hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as Airman Adrian Cronauer, the wrong person. Very attractive man, ever saw. Don't think I haven't noticed. In the wrong place. This will not look good on a resume! At the right time. Good morning, Vietnam! What a country. Heat, humidity, terrorism. Still, it's better than New York in the summertime. 
Good Morning Vietnam, released on the 30th of September 1988 in the UK, directed by Barry Levinson, starring Robin Williams, Forrest Whitaker, Tung Tang Tran is also in this film, guys. I bet you didn't know that. Yes, yes. didn't she play... He. Oh, sorry, he played... Is it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reading the name out. I think he played Ta- Tang and his sister was Tuan. Tuan, yeah. yes. Tang and Tuan. And we've, <laughs> we've also got uh, Bruno... Don't laugh, Ker- so, so Tuan with that. And we've also got Bruno Kirby, Robert Wall, JT Walsh is in there, and Dan and Don Stanton, the twins, are there. Yes. Uh, synopsis for the movie. In 1965, an unorthodox and irreverent DJ named Adrian Cronauer begins to shape up things when he's assigned to the US Armed Services radio station in Vietnam. Paul, it was your choice. Um, I love Robin Williams. I think he's a great actor. Um, and this is a good depiction of Vietnam without getting too heavily into the war. Because it's the early days of the conflict, yeah, and, isn't it? And it, it's it's a comedy, but it's really got some serious sort of thought-provoking bits in it. Right, that, that um, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, mm. the bit um, with Louis Armstrong's Wonderful World. Oh. Gorgeous. But yet that plane and the scenes behind it. Yeah. What? How powerful was that for something yeah. that's in a comedy film? That jeez. The way I sort of summed it up is, it, a film that makes you cry with laughter in the first half hour, mm. and in the last half hour makes you cry. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so upsetting at the end, where these people living in their own country. Mm. Um, the the bit that says about being the enemy. Because so, he said the Vietnamese were the enemy. Yeah. And he turned around and said, you're in our country causing a war. Yeah. You're the yeah. enemy. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's damn right. Mm. They had no reason or right to no. be there on the political political stance. What were they doing there to just create more conflict for people that had already had enough of it? It was, on? sorry to upset American listeners if there are any, but it was America being America causing a war because they needed to keep their armies going really yeah. brilliant film though like in every aspect of yeah. every part of it the, oh, yeah the, the comedic aspect of Robin Williams who can when he I think Robin Williams was one of them actors that no matter how funny he was he could literally zero in on the sensitive and emotional side of it like that it he doesn't just go slowly get somber. It's just he knows when, to turn when he's... Like, like the scene when um, he's kind of... After he'd been suspended and they want him back. And he's like, no, I don't oh. want to do it. And he's already feeling crap. And so mm. Garlic takes him to... Well, the soldier's about to go back out. Yeah. And they're like, how do we know you're the real guy? And then he's just like, I don't want to... I don't. Mm. And then like that, he just turns. And yeah. it's... He uh, switches persona, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And I think... A lot of that was his life, though, if you look at how Robin Williams was. It's sad, isn't it? He was a man that wanted... If people were laughing, he was happy. If they weren't, he was sad. It's yeah. validation, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah. feel insecure. Yeah. We always associate him as this great comic performer, this unhinged madcap, yeah. oh. just on the edge of zany at any point yeah, that he yeah. would just be you you don't know where it would go everything was always sort of spontaneous yeah. putting uh, goodwill hunting yeah you know and everything was unscripted and it was sort of ad-libbed with 
most of his performances, you yeah. can tell that it, it, quite yeah. a lot in this film. Most of Aladdin was unscripted, uh, yeah, the genie thing, it. wasn't yeah. it? But if you take a look, each of his comic performances have like a trace of seriousness to them in most of his movies. Yeah. Even Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. has these serious parts that he just turns that yeah. serious side <clears> on. And he did it so magically. And he did it in Patch Adams. He did it in um, Dead Poets. He did it in Awakenings. Yeah. He wasn't just this wild and crazy guy that was always, you know, expecting a laugh. I mean, have you ever seen in Insomnia? Have you ever seen one of the last films he's done? It's not a great film, but um, Angriest Man in Brooklyn. I haven't seen it, but no, I know the, I know the film. Yeah, it's, it's an easy film to watch. You haven't got a contract, but again, it's obviously he's an angry man, but it's got that comedic part. But how he can switch it to, and it's quite. I watched it after he'd passed away. And, yeah, and it's he, he's in depression in this, and mm. it's you look at it. I mean, it kind of feels a lot more real because of what's happened, what happened to him. But you look at it, and even that, he goes from being the funny guy, the funny guy to, that's it, I'm, I'm deadpan, I'm serious. This yeah. Now. And it is, he was amazing in what he could do. I probably mean, the only one that could do it, though. Charlie will probably agree with me. I think his finest performance was in The Fisher King. Very possibly. Very yeah. possibly. It's up there. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know if you guys have seen it. If yeah, you haven't, please watch it. It's a fantastic movie with Jeff Bridges as well. Did you see One Hour Photo? Yes. Yeah. That fucked that me up. That was disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those films you finish watching and you don't know if you actually enjoyed the film because it was of such a dark subject matter yeah. that it just made your stomach churn and it, it made you, like, feel bad yeah, yeah. it was it, really intrusive yeah not just for the cast in the film but for the but audience his, his acting in it was yeah. superb yeah. he did which um, what makes it a good film whether you feel positively after yeah. it mm. it's, it's the yeah. fact that it's affected yeah. you it's definitely not way. a film you'd go yeah I'll watch that again next week yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> sort of like um, watching Richard Attenborough playing Christie oh god in place yeah and back then that was a really bold move on his part because if you played a wrong and it could have destroyed your career. Robin Williams had the benefit of it becoming a thing by that point. But mm. even then, it's very uncomfortable to watch someone who you've got that much affection for yeah. playing the most unhinged character yeah, you can possibly so imagine. Of such low <laughs> morale. I've always oh, said that comedians make great serial killers or things yeah. in movies because so I said Jim Carrey for the Joker or something like that yeah if you watch uh, Peter yeah. Sutcliffe stand up he's oh shut there. up Charlie <laughs> <laughs> they've got this dark side they have to have this light and dark don't they to like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. To, well, pathos is important exactly. in comedy, I think. And, and with Robin Williams, it's that classic case of the tears of a clown, isn't it, I yeah. think? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I think the majority of comedians, um, I, I wouldn't say stand-up comedians, the um, majority of like acting comedians and such, it is that tears of a clown thing. A lot of them have ended up with like alcoholism, addictions of some kind, um, Jim Carrey was another one that was like it. Uh, you, even if you go into TV, so you look at Matthew Perry from Friends, yeah. addicted yeah. non-stop to prescription drugs, yes. yeah. up and down this way. I think sometimes it is that they try... What do you do when the laughter stops? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all about yeah. validation, though. I can't think of any occupation, any 
kind of element aspect in entertainment where someone gets as frequent validation as a comedian because yeah. you can be performing for 90 minutes and getting people laughing at what you're saying all the time. Actors don't get that, singers no, don't necessarily yeah. get that. And it's like, you must feel so insecure to require that level of external yeah. approval from I think it's table. kind of like, if, even if you look at like a lower scale, if you, <clears throat> like us for example, here we can sit and laugh with each other, but I, I for one know for a while that if I'm out, I tend to try and be the funny guy, just because it's always been a thing, that if I can make people laugh, that's cool. Just like, that's a security thing as well. Yeah, though, and it's like, like, people are because I'm the funny one. And I suppose it's on a grander scale, but with a bigger audience and more responsibilities with it. Yeah. Because I know... More, more dependency on it as well. Yeah, because it becomes your career, yeah. yeah. You've, you've got to keep it going. I mean, Robin Williams did do it for a very, very long time. Yeah. What was it 1970 something up until obviously 2014 when he yeah. passed but oh yeah Morgan Mindy was 1980 wasn't it I think was that a spin off Popeye Happy it was yes. yes. yeah. the strangest spin off because mm. Popeye was his first yeah. more Popeye was his first movie yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was looking at um, Robin Williams's filmography and I would say that this is the first majorly significant film yeah. Yeah. there yeah. wasn't many before it because I thought this Popeye. was no Popeye was yeah, doing I, I thought this was about halfway through his career. But yeah, I thought that. There was only like Muscle and Hudson and World According to Garp and Popeye. Well, World According to Garp's not bad, but yeah. it's not an overly comedic no. role. I liked it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was quite a long film. It was a good book. Yeah, good book John Irving. So, mm. But I forgot how young Robin Williams was when he made this film because <laughs> I just imagined. I've got Robin Williams as like 40, 50 in my brain. So going back to that and you think, Christ, he's like always been a hairy ass man though. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, his arms. They're like gorilla's yeah. arms. <laughs> you should see Jumanji. <laughs> yes. Jungle on there. Yeah. It makes me wonder why we keep them going under. <laughs> so why do we like the film? Why do I like the film? Why do all of us like the film? Because yeah. it's funny, because it's thought provoking. I think it's a feel good film. Yeah. Yeah. even it, though it has got those elements of yeah, I think it takes and... that bit out of it. It, it shows you it mm. and it shows the despairing war but it shows you regardless of what's going on he's made a a positive impact on the people of Vietnam yeah. when they're playing baseball at the end it's re- if you can take something away from a war it's almost like a shit sandwich them. of a film it, 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 yeah I mean, you look at the actual war. Do you know, was, when, was that on the poster? With no, the no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four stars. If you look at the um, England Germany when they stopped at Christmas and played football, yeah. yeah, they made a good thing out of what was going on. It was bad, right, yeah. And it's no different with this film. Robin Williams has taken something that was a serious thing, but he's actually taken away from it that he helped. I oh, know that he wasn't there, but in the film, he helped the people of Vietnam yeah. to find happiness in the English language. Yeah. In the American people not think these have just come over and take us. How true is this story to the Adrian Cronauer story? Because Adrian Cronauer is a real person, yeah. wasn't he? I didn't realise that until a yeah. So I don't know how much sort of license they've taken with embellishing some of this. Yeah. Obviously, they've got Robin Williams, who I mean, is this over the top? Yeah, they would have had to have embellished quite a bit for the fact that he is full on. Yeah, I mean, this whole <laughs> thing with the English language teaching and stuff, did that happen? I don't know. I don't know yeah. the, the whole Cronauer story. I was looking up more like critical sort of appraisals of mm. the film, and Roger Reber said there's absolutely no biographical information given oh, in right. this film. In this film. Oh. So even though like this 
could have been a biopic, they choose not to tell you anything about the man before he yeah. arrives in Vietnam. Right. They, you know he's been out in the creek. creek. Yeah. 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 That's all you get. That's all you get. And the only indications of his character are the clothes that he's wearing when he gets off the plane. True. Yeah, because he's wearing a long Greek sort of... He's a non-conformist. Yeah. But uh, it, it's significant that they choose not to tell you that because I think Robin Williams at that point in his career may have struggled to play a biopic role. I think he was just this tour de force that needed to have his yeah. platform on the screen. And as you said, they shaped the script around him in that yeah. respect, mm-hmm. didn't they? They gave... Oh a few pointers and then he improvised and yeah. so you if you look at that film now and try and put another actor in that role like you can with a lot of films as we were saying earlier with uh, Da Vinci Code um, in didn't previous need to be episode, Tom Hanks did didn't, didn't have to be Tom yeah. Hanks there was no great acting involved but this could you picture anyone else doing that role I think again if I would Purely because Jim I Curry. think his mental is Jim Carrey. Yeah. Because Jim Carrey has gone through the same <coughs> mental things as yeah. Robin Williams did. It and it's, that's the only be, person. It would have to be someone zany, funny. Yeah. You have that manic yeah, sense to just. With that melodramatic yeah. sort of side to them. I mean, in the first scene that Robin Williams actually does on the radio, that's, that's like someone on speed. But it's such yeah. a good, feel yeah. good moment. And isn't it, it? It's, it's hilarious what he says, but it is. It's so quick, you're like, wow. (laughs) And again, probably probably not scripted. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I don't think in that respect there would be anybody that could have done it. I mean, Peter Sellers, a few. Well, (coughs) in this era, in this era, probably the only one that could have played it scripted would have been, say, Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah, Uh, in his earlier days. Yeah, Yeah, if if we were talking this time when the film when the film was made, Steve Martin was probably there. Yeah, but to do the unscripted stuff, the ad libbing bit, there was no equal. No. And and this is the point I think where we see, all right, he's got three or four films under his belt now, and it's now the point where he's been born as an actor, not a comic actor, not a comedian, not Mork from Ork for God's sake. He is now an actor. I think it was and, the film that done it because mm. if you ask, there was a documentary on Netflix actually not mm. long after his death. And it, and it said it wasn't. The films prior to it wasn't. No, there were. There was people didn't really know. Like Popeye, people would assume it came out after. Yeah. Even though it was 1980, but people yeah. still think it came out after yeah. Good Morning Vietnam and that. But that was the film that kind of just took him out of that yeah. stand-up it was comic. Peter Pan one. That was Only after one. Hook was after. Only yeah, one. that's what. I even, even that he, he was good in that. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's very difficult to watch a Robin Williams film whereby he doesn't steal the show. Bicentennial yeah. Man, I thought, was a fantastic movie. Yeah. It it as you say, it's difficult to pick one out. That there, there's very few bad ones. I'm, I'm struggling to think of one where it, it the focus is shrink. No, yeah. that's <clears throat> Robin Williams, but not not as a shrink. I think that's Kevin Spacey as well. Um, um, right. But yeah, that's that's quite amusing, or his part is. But again, it's quite ironic because he's one of the uh, sort of people going to the shrink. Yeah. Well, if I mean, I try to think of things that I did like about the film, just for the sake of balance. And initially, I've come up with this idea that when I watched it, I thought I've seen this film before in a different guise, like someone who's someone who's off the wall and a bit wacky turns up into a situation, and other people trying to break him. 
oh. down and try and get him to come forward. I know where you're going, straight away. And the thing is, I had seen it before, because I'd seen Patch Adams yeah. before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before this. Patch Adams was obviously... A couple of years after. After, after but what I realised, the point is, is that, no, actually... Um, and also, Ron Plunder Cootisness. I was just about to yeah, say, yeah, that's where I, I thought you were going. I, I thought yeah. you were going with But Christmas. it speaks more to um, Robin Williams' screen presence that films are tailored around him as yeah. opposed to him yeah. having to fulfil yeah. a particular role. He was that good that directors and scriptwriters would say, We'll get Robin Williams on board and it'll be perfect to convey yeah. what You don't have known. to write a script, I mean, he will do it exactly. for you. He was the first <laughs> famous actor to be in a Disney film with um, oh, the Genie. No, George Sanders played Bagheera in Jungle Book. Of his generation. Oh, sorry, okay then, but I'll just... No, I'm not showing me age. We're talking about proper famous actors. George Sanders was famous. Yeah, for Bagheera. Donald Colonel Sanders, you div. We've got the Philistines involved now. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I forgot about that. To have a Hollywood, a big star Hollywood actor. Modern day. Okay. To be in a Disney film. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> a worthy. That's fine. You know, we'll go. Um, anyway, but this also, film, yes, Forest Whitaker in it. I was just about to say, we, this oh, isn't was, just Robin Williams, is it? Was this his film, so sort of first real big. Role. He was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I love Forest Whitaker. But there's the what is it when he says he's reading out the letters because um, while after they suspend um, Robin Williams' character out for the radio, oh, I think I wrote it down. But it's the thing he says when the letter. He sucks the sweat off a dead man's balls. Yes. <laughs> and then he turns and goes, I don't even know what that means, but it seems negative. <laughs> and it's, it's just that line is Oh, yeah, because he, yeah, he's commenting on the guy that stepped in to yes. do the comedy yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But again, the, that guy, I can't even remember his character, but... What, no, the the negative one that thinks he's funny. The oh, one Bruno that, Kirby's character. Yeah, great acting because you hated him. Yeah, you, you really just thought he was him. a stuck-up chump. Yeah. once he got told he's a very good by his major, it's like, yep. Bruno yeah. Kirby. I watched when Harry met Sally on New Year's Eve. Just gone because when Harry met Sally is a New Year's Eve movie, you know. And I thought, oh, I watched, and Bruno Kirby's in it, and I'm sitting there watching. He's playing the best mate of Billy Crystal, and I'm thinking. No, I love Bruno Kirby. Yeah, and sort of thinking back of sort of the other films he made and stuff. And well, whatever happened to him? Where did he disappear to? He, he died. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, yeah, did he? Why, yeah. yeah, he that, died. That God, two thousand and six. He was only like fifty odd years old. Yeah, he was in uh, Godfather Part Two. Yeah, he was in Godfather Two. He was in City Slickers. Was he once upon a time in America. As well? I think he might have been mate. There was a lot of things he was in, but Donny Brasco, he was in yeah. City Slickers, Sleepers. But then another one who died tragically young who's in this film is J.T. Walsh, who plays Sergeant Major Dickerson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of those... also spawned one of the great lines in that film. Go on. When Robin Williams says to him, you were more dire in need of a blowjob than any white man in history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to write that down. The moment I heard that, I was like, that's superb. <laughs> He That's was an one of the, you want to use yeah. in the cup sometime. Oh, I'm going to use yeah. on someone. He was one of those faces that you saw in a lot of movies about yeah. this sort of time but he was never a list actor he was always a bit part he character actor to me, but I don't know where I'd seen Pleasantville him. that's that black and white yeah colour film he was it? the chauffeur in Spinal Tap was oh, he? Hell. he must have been fucking young in yeah. Backdraft oh, great film. Negotiator I think oh. he was the 
he's uncredited, but he's the cop that finds James Khan in the car, or says he's a cop in um, Misery. Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah. But he was in lots of different things that just always in the background, well, not in the background, but he was he was never the star. Yeah. He's sort of like um, the kind of actor that Paul Thomas Anderson would use in one of his ensemble films. Mm. You know, how, like sort of like a William H. Macy sort of yeah. thing. Or a, yeah. Not, not a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination. You good you'd, men. You'd do a double take if they were to lead yep. well. Yeah. And then, obviously, you've got the twins, the Stanton twins. Yeah. <laughs> Who don't say much, but still play quite a pivotal right. part I've, of I've the film. I've got a funny feeling that the Stanton twins cannot actually act. No, no, they weren't great because they don't say a word in Terminator Two. Yeah, very, that's or very little. Where I saw yeah, them. very little in Terminator Two, and I don't think they say a word in Gremlins Two either. No. Soundtrack. Oh, just amazing! Yeah. Just yeah. some of the songs played in there, and but not just the tunes they play. The, the times they choose to play it, or the and the, and the background they show yeah. with it, yep. It, it's and you can imagine it that the fact that they've been listening to this classical music or polka mm. or whatever. Oh and god, yeah, Lawrence yeah. Welk, Percy Faith, Mantovani, yeah, or or at a stretch, per, uh, Perry Como, or, or, or was it, like or the occasional yeah. Frank Sinatra ballad? Yeah. He says, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can imagine them listening to the Stones or James Brown or whatever, and that just must uplift them. And so do you know much. what was refreshing? One of the very few Vietnam movies that does not feature a Doors tune or Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, I love both of them. Yeah, but, well, but that's but, they're good. But yeah, every film that's got that has, has them in it. You yeah. think yeah. it's not what everyone listened to. Yeah. No. Put something different on, yeah, and it that, does. Like it the is. Beach it Boys. is. Yeah, there was, and there's even there's like the Searchers. The, Motown, yeah, yeah, absolutely great. And and the score, the actual apart from like the sixties music, was done by a guy. Let me find it. Alex North. He did the Go score on. to Spartacus. He did because he right, did the love a, theme, which you like the leap, leap. Yeah. right. He also, right, so this guy was like real sort of classic Hollywood, so Streetcar Named Desire, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Spartacus. 2001? Don't know, I don't think so. But that because that was, no, because that used some classical music anyway. Yeah. anyway. But also, what Alex North is most famous for, there was a film called Unchained in the 50s, 1954, 55. He wrote Unchained Melody. <laughs> Nice. Which featured in the film and became the song, and that's how he made a bloody fortune. That yeah. guy from the love theme, that mm. the love theme from Spartacus is beautiful. Yeah, so. yeah, quite a real, a real top-notch, you know, proper um, composer. Um, I think we've found a film, unfortunately, mm. <laughs> well, but fortunately, that we all like. Yes, that shit, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you done Ghost as well. Well, no, only because Unchained Melody was in Ghost that he gets oh, a credit really. for it. If you look, yeah. yeah, Streetcar Named Desire. Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. <laughs> and and the director is Barry Levinson. Rain Man. Good film. Similar sort of era. Yeah. Era. Um, Diner. Bugsy. Uh, Beaten. Yep. And the Natural. Robert Redford for about the third time tonight. <laughs> we've mentioned Robert Redford. <laughs> and I don't think for anything good. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, just just in general, as, as Paul said, what's not to like about this film? You'd struggle to find 
a reason other yeah. than the fact that it's probably been maybe copied it's not the fault of the film because it's been copied subsequently I think mm. it's but it it gets you hooked straight away because there's this amusing zany DJ mm. and it then transpires into quite a beautiful sort of relationship where he's trying to get to know the actual Vietnamese people the, the brother and the, and the sister and getting involved with them then gets betrayed because one of them's a terrorist and and then comes back to the comedy but gets sacked and it, it, there's there's a whole sort of roller coaster of emotions in the film mm. but it keeps you enthralled all the way through yeah fair assessment yeah four stars shit sandwiches Paul called <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean by shit sandwich, by the way? Good, bad, good. Right. Soft on the outside, crunchy in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like an armadillo. Yeah. Um, it's the other way around, surely. Yeah. <laughs> the armadillos are crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside. Not the ones I've been with. <laughs> kid, You said kid hell. Kid hell. Oh, was it kid hell? <laughs> yeah, it was in the armadillos. <laughs> What was that advert anyway for that? I remember. Dive bar. bar. Dive with bar. Harry Enfield. Yeah. Yeah. My trolley. <laughs> okay, so all round great movie from everybody. Yeah, yeah we all yeah. agree. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with what we're watching, not next time, but next time and the time after. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, guys, for so the next two episodes, Charlie and I are selecting two movies. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Well, go for us. Um, Please, no Mildred Pierce. Well, well, Charlie told me what he was thinking about bringing to the table. And I went, oh, my God. So I had to pick something to contradict it. And we are talking real light and shade here, yin and yang. Two completely different movies. Charlie, we're going to go with yours first as the darker of the two movies. What is it? Right. Gary Oldman has just won the prestigious Best Actor Award at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. He has only to this day written and directed one film, a British film that was released in 1997, starring Ray Winstone. Kathy Burke, oh. Charlie Creed-Marks, <laughs> and his sister Layla Morse. Yes. And the film that I've selected is Neil by Mouth. Oh, nice. Is she the one that was in EastEnders? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mo. Mo. Yeah. Now, when he told me, I, I haven't seen this film because it's one of those films that you always think, well, when am I ever going to be in the right mood to yeah. watch it's this movie? So now we've got to watch it. No, I'm, I'm not perturbed by watching okay. it. Okay. I've never watched it, but yeah, quite. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I watched it one. years ago. Um, yeah, I'm fine with watching films. But I just forgot. Prior to that one, we're going to record an episode because again, Charlie's going to be at football. So lad, <laughs> me, Paul, and and Liam are going to record another brief episode. What we what what have you chosen for that one, Charlie? I've chosen Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai, which also stars Forrest Whitaker. 
Okay. Directed by Jim Jarmusch. I'm happy for Forrest Whitaker, but I'm not sure. It's not. <laughs> Don't know anything. It's not particularly really. taxing for a Jim Jarmusch. As soon as I saw the Rizzer in it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's yeah. a laugh. It's a good film. Okay. Good. So that's just us three doing that one. So we do that one first. Neil by mouth. <laughs> to try and lighten the mood a little. Um, we're going back to 1982. Dustin Hoffman in Tootsie. Oh, my oh okay. That's a fantastic yeah. film. Just a happy feel that good. On Blu-ray, so yeah. Yeah, just that. a happy feel good. Just let it wash over you, kind of movie. Yeah. Just to try and cleanse the palate That's a little. The one where he's cross-dressing, isn't it? No doubt I'll get this wrong and watch him in the wrong order, though. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'll watch the happy one first. And then <laughs> yeah, they'll be depressed Ooh. for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> so we've got a real selection coming up, guys. Thank you once again for being here this evening it's been a real pleasure as always well (laughs) cheers guys see you soon see you later (laughs) the management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending Jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way, my friend Do you know the one who plays the woman in it? Do you know what her real name is? Chintara Sukapatana yeah. Chintara Sukapatana means <laughs> <laughs> no worries I just looked it up my phone was like Chintara Sukapatana For the rest of your day <laughs> I fucking told you this was going to go wrong. <laughs> fucking knew it. Strong, positive thinking. We'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.